Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Davis. This is the 956 Drive Home. The headline reads this. Well, I'm not going to read the headline. I'm going to read the first paragraph. La Jolla uh, ISD Independent School District trustees are considering allowing Region 1 Education Service Center to operate four elementary schools through a partnership aimed at improving academics. This is according to information in uh, the uh, packet of information that's distributed to trustees of the La Jolla Independent School District. And uh, the writer of the story, Matt Wilson, he used to be with the Monitor, and he decided to live dangerously. He's now a freelancer, uh, and he's specializing in education, it looks like. So t- tell us what's going on in La Jolla, Matt. Yeah, I'm a hired gun now, Davis. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's this interesting, uh, something came up in the last couple of weeks, this proposal that the district says, and Region 1 say they've been working on for a while, but... Essentially, Region 1 would academically operate four of the district's elementary campuses. Um, you know, they're campuses that aren't maybe underperforming. They're not like in a crisis mode or something, yeah. but kind of the logic behind it is Region 1 would come in and bolster scores um, and just make sure that academically these places don't slide. The um, R- R- Region 1... Well, it's one of 12 or I forget how many of the states set up to be um, places where school districts can go get expert advice and help is the way I understand it. And this one is being uh, overseen by Daniel King, uh, who was thought to have done a very good job, in particular at the PSA school school district. But I thought that the um, I thought the Texas Education Agency which has done some sort of investigation into La Jolla, was going to take over the district and run it itself. Yeah, so that's kind of the interesting thing. Um, and the two the two things aren't necessarily tied, but if you, you know, going back a couple of months, the TEA said they planned on installing a board of managers at the district. The district hopes to avoid that or hope to avoid it um and it's still not clear what will happen in the intervening time though the district has really doubled down on partnerships and trainings and things of that nature kind of aimed at bolstering academics and improving student success so ultimately if the tea takes over it'll come down to commissioner mike morath mr king when he was at the la jolla school board meeting a week or two weeks ago he did note that Mr. Morath is a big fan of this program in theory and is a big fan of hands-on work. So mm. it'll be interesting to see how all that, that work plays. Wouldn't that be a, a amount to DEA, Mike Morath, the leader of it, um, having faith in Daniel King to do the right thing? You know, I don't know if it really comes down to that. And, and 
like I said, these things aren't explicitly tied together. Yeah. I think it really comes down to him weighing the facts probably and, and deciding what he personally thinks is the best course of action. You know, in the appeal process last month, La Jolla had the opportunity to kind of state their side of the story and TEA did too. Um, it didn't, the findings came out last week. They, they, largely sided with the TEA. Um, it's not something that dictates what will happen, but they weren't kind to the district by and large. And I think it's interesting that responding to those findings, the district issued a statement that's probably more uh, kind of compromising that statements have been so far, which have usually been critical of TEA's process. But the statement that they issued after that, those findings came out, says that... Uh, kind of points to that the TEA could do what they want to do or what they oh. wanted to do originally, which is a board of managers, or maybe take some other step. Wow. Now, before we turn our attention to Mac Allen, uh, the reason Texas Education Agency is involved in, in looking at the La Jolla School District is because why? Because some La Jolla board members have been convicted of um, criminal, I don't know how to convicted of crimes? Yeah, so you have, I mean, over the past couple of years, there's been a couple of criminal schemes, um, for lack of a better term, corruption, that have resulted in several several convictions in western Hidalgo County. Uh, two former board trustees went to jail over it, three former administrators. For all the specifics in that, I would yeah. probably point you to the inimitable Dave Hendricks That's over right. at Channel 4. But the big question right now for Mike Morath is whether, and the district's argument has been those were individual bad actors. So the question for Morath is whether that's the case or whether there's something more systemic yeah. going on. If it's just individuals, that's one thing. If it's, if, yeah, okay, I won't, I won't belabor the point. So how, how long before we find out what TEA wants to do? Is there any, any idea? You know, I want to say at one point we were told that the commissioner has 30 days to make a decision. I'm, I'm going off memory, so that might not be true. I think October is a reasonable expectation, or early November. I know that the TEA is soliciting applicants for superintendent if a board is installed right now. I believe the deadline for that is the 16th. So All right. tentatively a couple of weeks, but who knows? Uh, your, your other story in the most, I guess it's the most recent mission progress Newspaper says McAllen Independent School District trustees interviewed four candidates for superintendent as part of its exceptionally speedy superintendent search that the board president says has attracted quality applicants. They, um, the, the previous guy, Jay Gonzalez, has gone to Harlingen, so they're lacking a superintendent and other top administrators, no? Yeah, so it's they're they're you know, they've launched a one-month superintendent search, which is kind of notably short, especially yeah. for a district of McAllen's size and stature. Um, but I think, in fact, Board President Debbie Crane Alceda told me that part of the logic behind that was that they've lost a couple assistant superintendents. I know Nikki Rose High School went to Harlingen as well a couple weeks ago, the, the high school principal. So they've got kind of... Uh, gap in administrative experience right now and i think they're trying to fill it quickly well that would make sense um so i wonder so do you know who who's doing the job of the guys who are 
men and women who are not there? You know, I hesitate to stay right now because since I've looked at it, I don't know if they've filled any. Clearly, for uh, former Superintendent Jay Gonzalez, we have Rosalba De Hoyos, who's a longtime district instructor and yep. a, uh, former assistant soup. Um, but yeah, I, I want to say all but one of the top, kind of the top level there is our roles are being filled by interims right now. And I guess this is. Obvious, I guess. The the, uh, trustees, Debbie and the others, they don't like spend an hour or two helping out making decisions at the district since they're so shorthanded, right? (laughs) That would, that's not, I don't think that's legal, but. uh, (laughs) No, I I don't think they would, I don't think that would be a situation anyone would want happening. Um, I, uh, I I do know that they're, they're pretty focused on this situation. Um, I'm sure there's going to be permanence in those positions pretty quick, but it does kind of pose an interesting quandary for whoever's going to come in as the permanent superintendent, which is anybody's ball game. Um, and we might know who that is by Monday, but, um, you know, whoever it is will really have to build or train a team around them. Uh, we've got about two minutes left. No, we don't have two minutes left. Um, how much time? Never mind. Um, well, let me see if I can shorthand this. Uh, Gonzalez, Dr. Gonzalez left after a long, like two decades with the district, going, going to Harlingen. Uh, and uh, the, the trustees had started to, I don't know, be, be more forceful with him or ask more of him because there had been um, – a problem, uh, you know. I used to use the word scandal, but that's so overused now. I don't know what constant. There were problems with the. Um, I'll call it the publicity department. I don't know what else to call it. And um, some guys left. Some people left, and the board was unhappy with the way it unfolded, and they were taking that unhappiness to the superintendent. Is that a? That's as bland the way as I can phrase it. Is that right or not? You know, I don't know if I would say that that's that's why Jay left. I I think he publicly said he left because um, the academics and the people at Harlingen attracted him over there. He also got a pretty big pay bump out of the deal. Um, But, yeah, there was, you know, clearly McAllen has – there's been a couple personnel things, at least one that's become public, and there's been reference to others playing out behind the scenes that the board hasn't necessarily been happy with. Um, And then there's – clearly there's – the district is – short on cash um and we'll probably have to make some difficult decisions over the next year so i'll pay my taxes uh, i paid my tax (laughs) i'm sure they're happy about that all right matt wilson thank you very much his work can be found um pretty much uh in the mission progress newspaper but he is a uh gun for hire as he says a pencil for hire matt wilson was with the mcallen monitor now he is uh Covering education in the Upper Valley in particular, you're listening to the 956 Drive Home here on 710KRV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. 
you're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710-KURB and KURV.com. Here's Davis. You know, Election Day is coming up, and I'm not talking about 2024, although if you watch anything on cable, it's like it's tomorrow. Let this cut pass, dear Lord. Let this cut pass. Uh, but we we will be voting in November. Uh, there are some local elections. Uh, one I know of Edinburgh's got city and school elections, I think. But uh, we also have constitutional amendment elections in Texas. And if you're gonna if you're gonna say, well, why are you why are you voting on this? And why are there so dang many amendments to the Constitution? I don't know. That's just that's the way those old guys set it up in 1874 or five. They came out of the Civil War and Reconstruction. And by God, we're gonna run our own affairs. I guess that results in a constitution that's got to be amended a bunch so the the trick is of course figuring out what it is you're voting on and what it really what it means chris artist is here she's a retired uh, school teacher and uh, i was gonna say school marm but i don't know what marm <laughs> means what did you teach i taught by the way good afternoon, good afternoon. um For 13 years, I taught uh, students in the regional school for the deaf, which is now the regional day school for the deaf. Um, And then I started teaching sign language as a foreign language in McAllen ISD. Oh, you're not signing ugly, ugly words at me right now, are you? (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. It's your lucky day. Um, Okay, so which, which of the propositions are we talking about? Proposition nine. Nine, nine, nine. Nine means nine in German, right? So let me see. I'm getting proposition nine. I'm yeah, but don't say that because then you're going to confuse people because we want them to vote yes. Nine. Proposition niner. The constitutional no, we amendment. No, we don't want them to vote yes. We want them to vote for. It's very important because oh. the ballot has for or against. Oh, well, I didn't know that. All right, so proposition yeah. nine. The constitutional amendment authorizing the 88th legislature... Is that the one that just passed? So what do they say? Yes. Authorizing the 88th legislature to provide a cost of living adjustment to certain annuitants of the teacher retirement system of Texas. Uh, Before I get to what it means, explain to me and everybody else, when you teach in Texas public schools, and and do we need to include universities and that sort of thing, or just... Grade school. I do I, think some are, but I can't give you. I, I really can't provide the exact information on that. What What is critical for people to understand, because, and especially because it is called the Teacher Retirement System of Texas or TRS, okay. is that it is not the retirement system for teachers alone. It is the retirement system for all public education employees. So, so our bus drivers, our police officers, nurses, school, uh, school custodians, librarians, everybody who is employed in a public school in Texas 
is covered by the, quote, teacher retirement system of Texas. Does that include colleges and universities, do you know? I, I know it does include some, I think, Davis, yeah, but I can't give depend. you the, okay. yeah, I'm not sure on that. But the real thing, because even the ballot reads teacher retirement system, so it, it um, implies so, that it's just for teachers, but it is for all public ed retirees. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out a way to short. So you, you serve bus driver, teacher, aide, and depending on how long you serve, you get X amount of dollars when you no longer serve. Is that right? Right, right. And it, Texas is one of 15 states that, this is very important too, that does not allow us to pay in to Social Security uh, while we're working for public education. So that is our Social Security. Wow. And, yes, yes. That's not, that's and, not which, kosher. Um, no, it isn't because... Um, if the voters pass this, which will mean no tax increase for them, the legislature has already set these funds aside, um, for this, you know, to pass, hopefully, um, but this will be the very first cost of living adjustment or COLA that the legislature has provided to TRS retirees who retired September 1st of 2004 hmm. until now. So whatever your whatever <laughs> there has your pay, not been one cost of living increase in 19 years. Whatever whatever check they were drawing upon retirement then is what they're getting now. The exact yes. And the important thing and I keep saying the important thing there's so many important things but um so Every legislative session, um, administration at TRS puts out this brochure that goes to members of the legislature about investments and all that, all that. But one of the pages has the benefit distribution. And so they provide like how many TRS retirees get this amount, this amount, this amount. So the 2022 benefit distribution, which was provided to the 88th legislature, um, the highest percentage, 29.7% of TRS retirees earn $1 to $1,000 per month in their pension. <clears throat> well, <laughs> $1 to $1,000, and that's 29.7% of the TRS retirees. So if we vote in so, favor, is that right? If you vote for. For. What, what is it? How does this work? Do they jump it up 5% per month, or do you know? Okay, so I do know, um, So, but it's, it's um, three different things. So the people who retired um, August 31st of 2001, so 22 years ago, or before, anybody who's retired 22 years or more, they will get a 6% COLA. All right. Anybody who retired between September 1st, 2001 and August 31st, 20, or, yeah, 2013, so from, 22, from 10 to 22 years ago, get a 4% increase, uh, COLA. And then anybody who retired September 1st, 2013 to August 31st, 2020, 
they will get a 2%. If you retired September 1st, uh, 2020 until the current retirees, they will not see a COLA. But Um, yeah, so you 19 years with not, I mean, think of inflation just over the last year. Oh yeah. Good Lord. But inflation since 2004 and that is what it will provide a two, four or 6% increase. So if better than nothing, but (laughs) yeah. Chris Artis is a retired school teacher in McAllen. We're talking about proposition eight, proposition nine, 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 which will be on the ballot yeah. when you go to vote. You vote early or vote day of for Texas constitutional amendments, and you want to vote in f- four. Four in favor. Four. Yeah. Where does the money come from? If they're going to bump pay, let's assume this thing passes. If they're going to bump pay. Where does it come from? If it, if taxes aren't well, going, it's, going it's up. Com- because it is coming, there's this whole long explanation that I know your listeners it's the, do not want. It's all the money here. built up from. But, but, well, no, but it is because of the healthy Texas economy. They have the money and they're confident that they have the money moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, let's say you get the 4% increase if you fall in that group um, and you're going to get $100 a month, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, more. The following year in 2025, it will still be 100. It won't be 4% of your new. So it's a one-time deal. four percent of it. Yeah. One-time attempt. Well, for right now, yes. And by the way, we are um, among about forty percent of the states that do not have a built-in mechanism for automatic mm-hmm. colas, like Social Security, for example. Social Security today, yesterday or today, they announced that um, the Social Security cola for twenty twenty-four is going to be three point two percent. Hmm. And, you know, that all goes with the consumer price index. It's based on that. 60% of states in the United States have that built into their pension systems for um, public ed retirees. Texas does not, obviously. Uh, Not to spend too much time, but to draw a contrast. uh, And we're not talking yet about teacher retirement, um, um, whatever the health plan is, which I had a friend who... Yeah, public ed retirement. He, he right. said it wasn't very good, but... Um, <clears throat> it's really bad. Uh, but th- not everybody who serves in public office, and I use that term broadly, because you, you served in a public office because you were a public employee, a school district employee, but... but Could if you please convince the legislature of that? Uh, no, you probably can't, but... Uh, <laughs> They're too busy. They're too busy playing. Never mind. Uh, if if you're a retired legislator who has um, served enough years to get a full pension, if you're a state right. district judge, a Texas Supreme Court judge, right, uh, right, and and I don't know who else. I don't know if that's city employees. I think they have their Any own state employees. State so it's, okay. um, the legislators have the same um, pension system. It's called ERS. So they have two pension systems, TRS for public ed employees mm-hmm. and ERS for state employees and for legislators. And they have a stellar yeah, pension a system. And they also collect Social Security because they pay into it. We don't have the option of that. So they get their pension and Social Security. 
They also have a zero dollar um, monthly pay- payment for their insurance. They pay zero for the really? individual themselves. Really, zero dollars for the retiree, no. and their deductible is zero dollars. No Very wonder. unlike your public ed retiree. No wonder my sister's so happy. She was a. Exactly. For a while. Yeah, Whoa. the ERS retirees are very, very fortunate. And what, you know, we used to have nothing near that, but an affordable one until the 2017 legislative session. And they changed all of it. They made it very unaffordable. We do not have good health insurance. It's sad. Well, I can but say right now, tacky. our fight <laughs> is this little baby yeah. cola, because um, we have a fight on the federal level about Social Security, uh-huh. and then we have this on the state level, and health insurance was not even addressed for us again it, this legislative Everybody session. knows a teacher who is either retired or not that long from retirement or hoping to retire, so you want to vote. I'll just mm-hmm. say you want to vote in favor and a, of... And bus drivers and, and bus. your custodians, your cafeteria oh, wow. staff that get up at 5 o'clock yeah. or probably earlier yeah. in the morning to feed the kids every day, the librarians, custodians, yeah. maintenance employees, oh. everybody that works in the schools. We have to get away from the language of teachers because while it Educators. includes teachers, it's all of us. All right, I'm getting the high sign, but we'll have you back. Uh, okay. Thank you very much, Chris okay. Artis. We're talking about Proposition 9 on the Texas Texas Constitutional Amendment ballot, which we'll vote on in November. You're listening to the 956 Drive Home. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710-KURV and KURV.com. I love your show. Hello. Hello. Having our voices heard. That's right. Yeah. You live and you learn. Exactly right. This is our country. Use your heads on this stuff. Bingo. Sick of the talking heads. I agree with you. Talk, 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 talk. Hello? Hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she the judge? Stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only news talk station, News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Davis. Uh, Eddie Olivares uh, was at one time on uh, 710 KURV's afternoon talk show so often, I thought we needed to put him on the put him on the um the employee list, but bosses wouldn't go for it. So um, he is the uh, administrative. How do you say? You're the administrative health director of the Hidalgo County. Is that that's your title? That's close enough. That's close enough, Davis. Close enough for government work. Um, and yeah. um, so I walked into a pharmacy, and lots of people are walking or have masks on. I asked the farm t- pharmacist tech, uh, "Is there more coronavirus?" No. So, but all these people wearing masks, she just sort of shrugs. So what's going on? So right now, as of, you know, as the thing with COVID-19, it's become endemic. So endemic means basically it's no longer at a pandemic level. Yeah. It's now common. And then we have natural immunities. We have immunities from vaccine, immunities from nature. Uh, but it's going to be like the flu. It's going to be something that's going to be uh, around for a long time. It's never going to go away. And we're going to have to look at, see when we get to the point where it's going to be an annual vaccine that's on a voluntary basis. If you want to take it like the flu shot, you'll have that available. But right now, as of today, we have, uh, as of this morning, actually, we had 29 people in the hospital, 
25 are adult, four are children. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound compared to 1,400 and some other highest, you know, back in 2020. Uh, but still, 29 people is still a lot of people. I mean, if you sit down and think about how many people are in the hospital and 29 of them for the same illness, it's kind of high. But yeah. it's going to be, you know, but I also have... I also have five people in the hospital with flu. So, uh, no, correction, 15 hospitalized Good with flu. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I so got my flu right shot my for flu. the fall. <laughs> you need to get it, Davis. You need to get your well, flu shot. It's important. Normally, I normally I do. I'm, I'm anal retentive, and my, my physician friend said I was a medical snob, which is probably <laughs> true. But I got that from my mother. I'll blame it on my mother. Um Oh, no, so, your mom was a nice lady, Davis. <laughs> well, I didn't say she wasn't a nice lady. I said she she was uh, – I'll stop right there. May may her memory be a blessing. Uh, so there's no, no – spas- I, I, really, I really encourage everyone to get their, their flu vaccine. Uh, and then mm-hmm. we have the COVID vaccine that's out available also and the RSV vaccine. COVID is going to be here for a while. The main thing we're seeing with COVID is the elderly. We're seeing a lot of elderly people over oh, 65 yeah. years of age in the hospital. And, and even though they've been vaccinated, it's just it just really messes with their um, with their medical complications. Same thing as flu. I got we got 15 people in the hospital with flu. So I mean, when you get those respiratory illnesses, the flu or COVID, and you have wow. other serious medical complications, it just magnifies everything. Uh, Eddie Olivares is with the Adal County Health Department, and he's been the the top administrator for years and years. Uh, the um, Every time we talk about this, I get these ideas like, well, can't we just go to where all people live? It's not just I was thinking, all, where poor people live, which shows you a, no, probably an no. un- unwelcome cast of my mind. But we go to the country club and send some uh, some medical techs in there to dispense vaccines. But to get to older people. How do you yeah, do that? Yeah. We can we can advertise. Well, we we had we worked we worked very during the peak of the COVID situation. We we in fact right now we work with uh, adult daycare centers. We work with home okay. health care facilities. We work with uh, nursing homes to vaccinate to assist them in getting their vaccine and vaccinate the people. But our biggest culprit right now is that there was such a terrible stigma put out by the, and I'm just going to say it, by the political factions of this country on vaccines in general. I mean, there was a lot of damage done to public health due to the, just the so much, so much turmoil in the media and in public health from the CDC and at those national levels that it really caused a lot of people now to be second guessing themselves about vaccines in general. And the reality is, look, we have 15 people in the hospital with flu and we have others. Uh, To me, vaccines are something that it's not going to stop an illness 100 percent. The flu vaccine doesn't keep you from ever having the flu. And from day one, I would say the COVID vaccine never kept you from keeping getting COVID, but it lessens the symptoms that are related with uh, complications involved with that illness. Um, What's the latest uh, coronavirus vaccine? So we have the new monovalent vaccine that was uh, just introduced uh, and approved by the FDA. 
It's available at your local box store, at your pharmacies, uh, at your doctor's office. We will, we actually just receive some monovalent. We're going to be doing that to our county clinics as well. Oh. And we encourage people, especially the elderly, to, to get the COVID vaccine. It's very important. And, and, and it's not going to keep you from getting COVID. I just want to tell you that again because everyone gets all bent out of shape. If you do get COVID, it lessens the symptoms and the possibility of you getting put um, in the hospital. I That's seen, the main thing. I've, it, you know, I've, I've seen tweets where they said, well, he got it and he got and He'd been vaccinated. And I thought, well. Yeah, okay. no. You know, I mean, from day one, back in March, of tw- uh, actually, said back in December and January of 21, when the vaccine first came out, we were very clear from day one, at least through Hidalgo County Health, that this was never going to prevent you from getting the illness. It was going to lessen the symptoms. Now, other media sources, other agencies they said different things but the reality is there is no 100 percent cure for anything through a vaccine or uh, immunization it's 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 designed to lessen any type of symptoms or lessen the uh, the possibility of getting more seriously ill um all right so i guess our our message upon departing is there's no greater there's no like problem with coronavirus popping up again uh, no. It's that time of year when respiratory viruses start propagating. Get your vaccine. My recommendation, yours, would be get your vaccination unless you have a medical reason not to. And Correct. don't worry. So, about- so another thing is, Davis, we got to worry about the trifecta. So the trifecta is if you get the flu, RSV, and COVID at the same time. This is very common with the elderly. That is very, very dangerous for the elderly. So, I mean, if you have a chance, get your flu, get your COVID. Uh, if you have a chance to get your RSV, which is very difficult to get, is a very difficult vaccine to get. But the reality is, get your vaccines. They're, they're, they're not going to harm you. They're only going to help you. All right, Eddie Olivares, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And we'll check back with you again as the situation warrants. Uh, Eddie Olivares is the uh, longtime administrator of the Dowd County Health Department. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously, pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands on, never ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. I'd like to know what's going on. On my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio, just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Fellow Astros fan and our man, our inside man up in Austin, Scott Braddock from the Chrome Report joining us now uh, for uh, everything that's happening right now. So I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie to yeah. you, Scott. I've been unplugged for the past week and a half. I have no idea what's going up in Austin. So can you like, break it down for me? I don't blame you for unplugging. Um, I mean, right now, the legislature is almost doing nothing. This, this is, I mean, can you repeat that? Almost nothing. Okay. uh, But let me look. You've got all this. It's not even, Davis, they don't even bother with Kabuki Theater anymore. They at least, they at least would try to make it, well, they at least would try to make it seem like they're doing stuff, but they're not really doing anything. You know, the Senate last week uh, passed uh, some bills out 
that may or may not pass the House, and we'll see. And those have to do with border security stuff, school vouchers, school finance, a few other at the uh, vaccine mandate. I'm putting issue in quotes. Um, the idea that employers should not be able to have, a, a, you know, a, a restriction for their employees that says they have to be vaccinated against COVID, which seems like a, a fight from two years ago, right? A lot of businesses, I think, at this point, are looking at that and saying, "Well, if you want to ban us from having COVID mandates, we don't care because we're not dealing with that anymore. Not in the same way, right? I mean." In the healthcare space, it's a little different, but from for the vast majority of employers, they're not dealing with that anymore. Now, I do know that some people have said and complained that the um, that that the restrictions on vaccines have cost them jobs. That some people had said, "Hey, we applied for I applied for a job, and they they asked me if I had a COVID vaccine. I said no, and I didn't get the job." It came out during a hearing this week that. Over a three-month period, in a state of 31 million people, mm-hmm. the Texas Workforce Commission received 14 complaints about that. <laughs> so this is why we're talking about it. Obviously, this is a huge emergency that needs to be dealt with. In a I mean, well, session. Scott, Let's... education is the key on this issue. You know, <laughs> what if, right. if they just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, no, well, so, but that that is fat. Mm-hmm. No, you you do have a point though. This this is. Uh, something that right. this is like outdated it's way behind right now, I mean, this it, is a fight, if they could this go is a back in time and apply this they would totally do that but this is like one of those red meat issues that they can pat themselves yeah. on the back later which I think some I mean, folks some folks were really mad about it two years ago and now it's but we're talking it's a it's a niche thing we're talking about something that people are people are sort of retroactively pissed about but they're really and so they're really the people who are mad about it are mad about it from what i get mm-hmm. They continue to be really angry about it. During a hearing about it earlier this week, um, one of the Democrats on the Texas House State Affairs Committee said that the only reason, as far as he could tell, the only reason that this is being discussed in a legislative session is because one member of the House tweets about it at least at least five times a day. <laughs> a, guy named, a guy named Brian Harrison from Waxahachie. <laughs> um, this guy just on and on and on. He's one of the guys who hates the speaker who thinks that he's liberal and all of that but look the uh zach on the on the big picture stuff yes thank you while you were unplugged scott bragg from the quorum report by the way joining us while you were unplugged for a week i was trying to figure out what is going to happen with the school voucher deal we've talked about it so much on the show and as far as i can tell right now the governor has micromanaged himself into a box where he can't pass school vouchers and this is what i mean do you remember earlier this year when and this is down in the weeds but I know that y'all pay close attention. Remember when there was a special session, there were two of them, about property taxes. The first special session on property taxes had to do with the governor saying that he only wanted tax compression to be the way that they would address property taxes. And basically, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, flipped in the bird and said, no, we're going to do other stuff too. We're going to do things that people might actually notice, like raising the homestead exemption to $100,000. Right. And the governor didn't want to do that. The Senate went ahead and passed version of that. And then the House only passed what the governor asked for. And then they left. Remember that the House was basically in session for about a a day or two. And then they just passed that bill and went home and they went on vacation while the Senate stuck around, hoping that the House would come back. And they didn't. Um, And then in the second special session, 
the governor again said, just give me, you know, tax compression and that's it. I have been traveling the state, talking to Republican groups and others and saying, do, do y'all even know what tax compression is? And most folks don't even know, don't even know what that means. They know what a homestead exemption is. That, that's easy to understand. Um, and of course, the lieutenant governor got his way on that. Here's what happened. The Senate and the House ended up passing something that the governor did not ask for. He asked for only tax compression, which is the state buying down local property taxes. But the homestead exemption deal was passed and some other things were passed. And what the governor did was he very quietly, without announcing it, he signed the bills that they sent him. And then he changed the special session agenda after he signed those bills. Because they sent legal? him something that he's not. I mean, I've been thinking about that, Davis. So we all kind of learned in our civics classes as kids, right? We learned that only the governor can declare what yeah. the legislature can address during a special session. But you ask yourself, what's the what's the enforcement of that? The enforcement of it is whether the governor would sign it or not. That's it, right? I mean, he would either veto the thing or, or sign the thing. So here's what you have now. You have the governor asking for the legislature to pass school vouchers, and he has not placed on the agenda an increase in school funding, including teacher pay raises around the state. Uh, he gave a speech. He gave a speech to the Texas Public Policy Foundation in Austin last week in which he said, hey, I'm going to add teacher pay raises and stuff like that. I'll do that if the legislature passes vouchers first. But go back to what I was talking about before. He doesn't have school finance on the agenda officially. And the speaker has already said, Dade Phelan has already said on the record, that a voucher bill cannot move in the House without a school finance bill as well, something that gives more money to public schools. Well, we we still enjoy a record budget surplus in the state. And as you know, we've talked about it here. When people say, hey, is it true that the state has more money than it's ever had in the bank? Mm-hmm. And somehow we didn't give teachers a pay raise? And I go, well, yeah, that's right. And that, people will say, well, how can that be? And I said, well, how long do you have? I mean, this is a bunch of, you know, competing this is egos. Texas. This is Texas. This is Texas. I, I think the question that needs to be clarified upon is, are the two married? Are the two issues married? Um, they are as far, well, they are as far as, that's a great, that's, the, you, you've got your finger right on the, on the, on the whole point. The vouchers have no shot in the house unless there is some sort of a deal offered to school districts to get a whole lot more money, right? Because the, we've got this record budget surplus, so much more money in the bank. And speaker has said it, that the vouchers can't move without a school finance piece. Well, the governor is saying that he's not going to put school finance on the agenda until vouchers pass first. But here's the deal. The speaker earlier this year would not even send property tax reform legislation to a committee if it wasn't on the agenda because the governor was micromanaging it and saying, hey, we're only going to do property tax compression. So now in the Texas House, the legislation to give teachers a pay raise, to give schools more money, it's not even being sent to a committee. It's not even going to be talked about. So because the two things are married, Zach, those two things have to move together, but one of them is blocked from moving, then neither one of them is going to move. So we could all just go home now. Well, say, so, they hey, can, you know so they can talk it's about stuff that's related to school finance, but mm-hmm. they can't talk about school finance. Well, the, the House is interpreting it 
to to mean that the governor has said we only want vouchers. But the problem with that is the governor can't get vouchers from the Texas House unless he will agree to give teachers a pay raise, to go ahead and give schools more money and do those things, as you said, married together in tandem. They have to happen at the same time. If they don't happen at the same time, they're not going to happen. And right now you have the governor saying, oh, I'll get around to teacher pay raises and stuff later. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to work. So I think probably what you're going to see over the next couple of weeks is some hemming and hawing and some you know some hearings about different things. They're going to talk about immigration, border security, important stuff. But at the end of this month, you'll probably see a quick flurry of activity. Some bills will get passed and the school voucher thing will be just as dead as it has always been. I thought it was dead. This is what I'm misunderstanding. It's like Hold if on, you'll Scott pay Frank me from the Corn Report joining us on 710 KURV. Davey, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pay, pay me, pay me the bribe, and and you'll get what you want. But I thought yeah. that the bribe being a teacher pay raise. Yeah, I thought the House or some people in the House could not go for it because it would be the end of their. They, they get defeated at the polls. So why is feeling holding out a this for that when there's not going to be a that or a this? Well. It's a great question. I think that one of the things that's on the table now, and I've heard this from some sources in the last 24 hours, is we we hear a lot about how school voucher proposals would bleed public education going into the future in perpetuity. Um, One thing that's being discussed now is having a what they call a sunset clause for the school voucher proposal, Mm -hmm. saying that it would expire after a decade and the legislature would have to come back and look at it and say is this thing a disaster the damage will be done by then is it is it it screwing things up and they could change the number on that they could say two years four years six years from now the legislature might come back and look at it and say hey we screwed this up and we need to we need to repeal it um and and that's how desperate they're getting to try to pass this stuff and uh, we're going to have to leave it on that note for right now. we got to get going. But, Scott, thanks for bringing me up to speed. Thank you, Scott. That's Scott Bragg from the Quorum Report joining us on Newstalk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on Newstalk 710 KURV and KURV.com. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radioparami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radiopotomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.